Hello there. This is The Artist Appeals, the podcast where we attempt to figure out the business of art. How do you make money with your art? How do you earn a living with your creativity? I'm your host, Erin Sparler, and uh, this episode is a random rambling. (laughs) The season's over. Season three just finished up, but I'm going to use this episode as a mind dump. I'm laying on the couch in front of the fire. The kids are on technology. And uh, I've been trying to wrap my head around something. I've been trying to wrap my head around what's the best work, the best art style to make money. How do you create a style? Well, I've talked about how do you create a style in the past. But the question becomes... What style should you create? The way way you create a style is by limiting yourself, by setting yourself some rules, some guidelines, looking at earlier work, and either rejecting and doing the opposite of an earlier style, or expanding on a previous style, or combining multiple styles. But the question then becomes for me, because I want to get into licensing, what style is the best for licensing? What style is going to bring you the most success and the most money? What's the most licensable style out there? I've been looking a lot of work, interviewing a lot of artists, And I'm starting to see trends, trying to find the common thread. And I'm starting to see it. And I'm going to share it. I'm not going to keep it a secret. I'm going to find the secret and I'm going to tell it to you. Here's what I'm seeing. I've got a spreadsheet that I've been cataloging all of the guests on the show. And it categorizes them, not categorizes them, but basically asks the same questions we've been asking over and over again. What do you make? What type of art? What style of art? How do you present it? How do you turn it into a product? So the two P's in appeals. So art, product, presentation, educating, amplifying, licensing through um, contracts, and success. So this spreadsheet, I list every artist and then I summarize what they do, how they present it, what products they license it on, how they educate their audience, how they amplify and get bigger in scale, and if they license their work or not. So looking at the spreadsheet and looking at all of the artists, you want to know what I've discovered? Do you want to know what I'm starting to see are the common threads? Yeah, it came to me today during my nap time on the couch laying in front of the fire because sometimes the best ideas come when you meditate. It seems to me that some of the most successful artists I've seen are the artists that tell a relationship. They convey a relationship, a sediment in their work, visually or often with words. Kathy Weller, for example, 
Her mugs use hand lettering to convey sentiments. Sentiments. So they're mugs. They say things. It's all hand lettered and it's doodled and it's got little images that amplify and show those sentiments on the mug. That's kind of the extreme scale. It's very obvious that she's conveying emotion and ideas because they're words. But others that do this as well are people like um, Romeo Brito. I was looking at him the other day. Now, he hasn't been on the show, but he's listed on the internet as the most licensed artist of all time. And I was looking at his work, and his work is very... They call it pop art, but it's very cartoony, bold black outlines like a cartoon, bright colors, and almost like stained glass. His work and the figures in his work are broken into basic shapes, chunks of color with patterns on top of that color, polka dot zigzags, but almost all of his work contains hearts and men chasing women in this lovely um, romanticized dance of love or um, a figure with a animal, uh, a pet. So almost all of his work contains relationship, sentiment, right? Another example, even Ashley Longshore, the last episode of season three, famous artist she's being hailed as the female andy warhol her work is once again pop art in style bold bright colors blocky uh, areas of paint that are sort of flat and um, stylized like a screen print would be kind of a rough childlike feel like Picasso did, you know, bold blocks of paint. Even she conveys ideas in her work, sometimes through the use of words, oftentimes on the side of a book, or literally words painted as gold mylar balloons across the picture, or through a still life with everyday household objects once again a example or a theme that was common to pop art so notice i've mentioned pop art twice now cartoon art you'll see that most of the licensed work on many products is limited in colors they tend to have bright colors and the blocks of colors tend to be solid because it's easier to reproduce solid areas of color rather than washes or gradients. So what I'm starting to see here is that pop art, cartoon art, art that has blocks of color, bright colors, sometimes outlines, shapes and figures that are chunked down into their primary shapes and basic components layered with 
relationships and sentiment are what is most licensable. There it is. There's the big secret. That's what I'm starting to see is that those that have the most success are artists who teach what they do. That's from another rambling. And those who license their work. Supposedly, Romero Brito is worth something like $20 million. Ashley Longshore sold $1 million worth of dollars. $1 million? Yeah, $1 million worth of artwork in 2015. Even Maria Brophy, uh, Drew Brophy's wife, attested to the fact that one of his most popular pieces, Pure Joy, has been licensed on so many products in so many different ways that it has earned them a quarter of a million dollars to date. Imagine that one small eight by 10 piece of work. And once again, another example, I've looked up this piece, you can find it on the internet. It's called Pure Joy. It's bright colors, simple shapes, cartoonish style, conveying a sentiment, an idea of somebody having pure joy, that pure moment, riding a tube on a surfboard, coming out the the chute, I believe they call it, communing with nature. It's a piece that tries to convey that emotion, that feeling that surfers seek, that connection with the ocean, with the wave, and with nature. So there you have it. That's what I'm seeing, folks. I'm seeing that the style that seems to be the most successful. Now, I'm not saying whether I think this is right or wrong. I'm not passing moral judgment on whether this is good art or bad art. It's not about aesthetics or whether it pleases you or whether it's innovative or whether it's expertise, whether it takes years and years to learn this craft. No, no, that's not what I mean by best. What I mean is what style, what are the secret threads, the common sauce of the most financially, the most licensed artists out there? One more example, Jane Davenport, huge artist, licensed, got her own end cap in many of the art and craft stores, Michaels and so forth. Her work primarily depicts women with long skinny necks, stylized like fashion illustrations or, dare I say it, cartoons, communing with animals, having relationships, not those types of relationships, but riding on dolphins or swimming with um, their, their friends, you know, it's relationships, sentiment once again, and sometimes she incorporates words as well. So there you have it. Four examples of different artists that are using sentiment as well as cartoony style, pop art, and bright colors. That seems to be one of the most common threads in the most licensable artwork. All right, 
this has been a random rambling in between seasons and i hope you've enjoyed it i'm aaron sparler your host of the artist appeals season four i can't believe i'm up to season four season four of the artist appeals will commence the first full week of january we will have full length interviews with all sorts of new amazing artists on fridays i hope you'll join me and i'll talk to you then who knows maybe i'll do another one of these ramblings too have a good night and talk to you soon night night <laughs>